Hello and welcome to the Northern Grower Podcast, a place for gardeners, growers and homesteaders alike to share and discuss all things gardening. While these episodes do tend to focus on cold climate growing, I myself am a Zone 3 grower and I am based up here in Northern Alberta. Everybody and every grower from any part of the uh, world, any zones, you are most welcome to be here too and share in this gardening space. I do just also want to take a second to thank everybody for listening and thank everybody for the downloads. I really appreciate it. It is so awesome that people are enjoying um, the podcast. And thank you for feedback too. I also receive lots of really great messages from people who listen and their comments and feedback are really great for me. So thank you for that. Now on today's episode, we will take a quick quick peek into the world of direct sowing. We're going to just have a little bite-sized discussion today on direct sowing, what it is and the steps on how to do it. So it is getting to that time of year here up in northern um, Canada and we are starting to get pretty bold and we're starting to direct sow. And I'm saying um, we're starting to get pretty bold because I'm sure just like myself there are many gardeners out there or homesteaders who if you are familiar with the kind of climate we get up here, especially in northern Alberta, the kind of rule of thumb is to not plant your garden until May long weekend. That's the sort of long-standing tradition, which, by the way, May long weekend for us will be, um, it is the last week of May and it's a holiday here. And generally the kind of lore for us gardeners here is to not start seeding or planting a garden until that long weekend. Why? Because it still snows. It can still snow. It uh, We can get hit with snowstorms. We can still get frosts. And so the anxiety definitely starts to get a little bit real, especially as we enter the beginning of May. And we get these strings of hot days, it's hitting 20 degrees, and you're starting to think, well, do I take the risk? Do I direct so outside? Um, You know, am I going to get hit by another snowstorm? And so it's definitely kind of nerve wracking. However, I will tell you that we always, we kind of look at the long range forecast, of course those can change. But we usually start planting out. We started direct sowing as uh, as early as the beginning of April. And we do take a risk. We will plant out at the end of April. We will plant out some of our cold hardier plants like our leafy greens. And I can also tell you we have now we're getting into the middle of May. And the longer term forecast was looking pretty promising. So we do take the risk and we decided to direct sow um, other plants as well. So we have got peas outside and we will also be looking to start our corn and beans uh, shortly here as well. So it's always a gamble for us, but 
you can always play it safe and start direct sowing those colder, cooler, hardier crops like your leafy greens and your peas. And also, this time of year it gets exciting because we are hardening off our indoor um, plants or plants that we started indoors. We are putting outside, lining up those trays out in the garden daily, every morning and night. It's uh, it's quite a chore at this time of year. And then you start to get anxious too because you often wonder, did I start indoors too early? Am I going to end up hoarding a lot of larger tomatoes and peppers and all of these plants that uh, need to be started indoors or like the warmer weather and you can't quite take the risk and put them outside yet. Um, it gets pretty busy and interesting at this time of year for us for sure. The weather is never never set in stone so we are hardening off a lot of plants too every day and putting them outside but there's been some days where it starts to snow when you're doing that and we're running to bring the plants back in and it's definitely an interesting time of year. And there have been years where we have had a late cold start to the summer and we have had just piles and piles on probably what also didn't help in some of those years. We probably started indoors too early as well, but we have had piles and piles of just like tomato plants everywhere in our house, all on window ledges, all anywhere where there's light coming in, natural light coming in, all our shelves were full. It was, uh, gets a little bit hectic sometimes. So I am thankful that so far for us here in Alberta, the spring has been pretty good um, weather-wise. I do know some of our neighbors and friends in eastern Canada, in those eastern parts of the prairie, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, I think they have already called it a drought year. And I know farmers are already having to talk about um, seeding deeper than they normally would. Um, so I really hope that you guys out east are doing okay with that and are managing to find ways to cope with that weather. And I do hope that we get rain, rain soon for you. Okay, so let's talk uh, about direct sowing, okay? So for us, we direct sow as much as possible. So indoor starting of plants, whether you're starting them indoors in a dedicated room or whether you're starting them in a greenhouse, um, it is a bit of a process and starting plants indoors is, you're in it for a long haul, okay? We're starting um, anytime from even, I mean, we've started early before and as early as the beginning of February, but you can start late February, March. Um, and the risk, depending on when you start your indoor plants, you can start them, like I said before, you can start them too early. Um, and then you're waiting for this good spring weather to come that never arrives. And you have all these plants that desperately need to be transplanted and, the weather isn't working for you. Um, and also with indoor growing, I find just the maintenance of the plants in terms of remembering to water is quite uh, intense. You have to remember to um, water. You have to make sure the conditions indoors are uh, more friendly for them, I guess. It is controlled, but I find having that control over the environment is almost um, more hard work than relying on the outdoors for us. 
I don't know. We're very busy people and then it's just trying to remember to go in and turn on lights and get the water going and setting up all those mats and shelves and equipment. It can be a bit much. And also when you are starting to grow, I think just even knowing where to get equipment and buying it for indoor starting, it can just seem a bit daunting. And honestly, it is a little pricey. And especially for um, the more broke or more casual gardeners among us, not to mention the energy needs to power that those heat mats and lamps, the cost um, of indoor gardening, I think, can be a downside to it and it adds up a little bit. So while starting indoors is definitely beneficial and in areas such as ours with those long winters, it does give you a good boost on the season and... It does work well for those plants like your tomatoes and peppers. They need those warmer uh, starts to get started. And I know probably a lot of us anyway are just, we're starting to get a bit squirrely by February and we just like something to do. So I think some of us, it's kind of a bit of, uh, it saves our sanity a little bit just having our indoor gardens on the go there in winter. Um, However, so... There you go. There are some drawbacks to starting indoors and then having to transplant them out. And just like direct sowing, I think direct sowing is great, but I also do find there are some drawbacks as well. But like I said, it is my preferred method of planting. And I just feel it takes a few extra steps out of the growing process. So direct sowing is when you're taking seeds and you're just planting them right outside, into the garden bed, into your pots, whatever it is that um, you're doing and you're not necessarily starting those seeds in that controlled indoor environment and then transplanting out later. So you're putting that seed directly into the medium you are planning on growing them in right away. So first things first, bed prep. Prep your beds. We turn over our beds and run our pitchforks through just to aerate them. Um, Probably once they've dried out from the spring thaw, which is usually uh, mid to end of April. It just depends on the weather. But once they seem to have dried out from the spring thaw, we run our pitchforks through them. We've got pitchforks. We uh, aerate them out, turn them over. And then we go through, if there are any weeds at that point as well coming up, we pull our weeds that may have been popping up, we pull them by hand. And then we go through and add compost on top and then we just kind of pitchfork it through again. So the bed just seems loose and fluffy. That's the best way I can describe it. So you have a nice fluffy loose bed. We usually do this a couple few weeks before we want to seed outside. And like I said, it usually coincides well with when the beds dry out from that snowpack melting as well. So plants that generally do better for us when we do direct sow, especially um, in our colder climates. So plants I find that we usually always will direct sow and do fairly well with it are those carrots and parsnips, um, beets, radishes, peas, beans, Uh, leafy greens, cabbages. There's a ton more as well, but those are some of my favorites that I can list off without giving you a whole 
a whole booklet of uh, plants that we saw outside. But once you've got your beds ready, and then once you've decided what you're planting out, the next step would be to decide on a growing pattern. So a pattern for just planting your seeds. Now, don't overthink it. If you want to go for rows, and for the most part, that is the general standard, and it will work fine. We, we usually do rows. Um, but your planting pattern is just how you're going to put your seeds, what pattern are you going to put your seeds in the garden. So which beds you're going to put what seeds in, and then are you planting in rows? Are you going to just uh, scatter them? Are you going to plant them in little groups? So we usually do rows for the most part, and we also do a lot of interplanting. We like biodiverse beds. So this year we will, when we plant our corn, we will be planting it. We've already marked out um, kind of patches where we're going to plant our corn in rows this year. And then we are going to shoulder those patches of corn with some leafy greens like spinach. So spinach will be the border for our corn beds. And we will probably also plant, we've kind of got like some rows of corn and then a break and then rows of corn and then a break and then rows of corn and then a break. And then we're going to plant spinach on the border. And in those breaks, we will probably plant um, something else for sure. We are just kind of tweaking out. We kind of ideas in January of planning the garden spaces and then it kind of you get new ideas and things change as the year goes on so we've got to that part and then we're trying to just decide um what third plant we will put in there which usually even if we're just hung up on deciding we will usually also just put flowers in there for um, our pollinators which are very vital as well so even into planting some flowers in there will be really beneficial for your garden. So in other years with corn too, we have done three sister groupings, um, but we're going to just move away from that this year, I think. Also as a friendly reminder, um, do practice crop rotation. So the bed you planted spinach in last year, do change that this year. So we rotate through or around our beds every year so you're not planting the same thing in the same bed year on year on year okay so we do practice some crop rotation and even on a small scale in your garden it's definitely beneficial to be planting be practicing crop rotation and planting for biodiversity as well so grow something else in those beds not what you, not what you grew last year if it's those annuals now uh when it does come to seeding we do also um, one of two ways. So you kind of plan where you're now going to put your seeds and there's two ways you can do your seeding. So there are precision seeding and broadcast seeding. So precision seeding is you're intentionally placing each seed in the soil where, you are where you're actually choosing that spot and you're choosing the spacing between seeds and how deep you will plant that seed. And this is probably what we are more familiar with and it is useful for many types of plants, particularly those that need space to thrive, 
such as corn. I, I keep harking back to corn in this podcast, but it is the next biggest crop we're planting out and our beans as well. So corn is very much on my mind right now and I've been just been planting the corn beds. So it's uh, at the forefront of my mind. But anything that will grow and need space, we like to just do precision seeding. So uh, beans or carrots, onions, potatoes, anything that, again, is just going to grow and need a lot of space. So we use our precision seeding for that. However, broadcast seeding is a super relaxed way of sowing. And I love it because it is something to for the whole family can get involved in. Our toddler is able to help with the broadcast seeding. So essentially it is just where you scatter seeds. We do it by hand and we walk along our beds and we are just putting our hands in our seed pouches and we are scattering those seeds randomly over the bed and your seed placement is not organized and seeds will not be at certain depths. So usually you want to do this with something like cover crops. You could do with annuals where they don't have to grow those deep roots. Um, grain types, anything like that likes to be broadcast. Um, we broadcast peas and chickpeas here. And we've had success with those. So they kind of almost grow. Um, you're cover cropping with our, those peas, with those chickpeas. And... It's super simple and it's relaxed. It's a relaxed way of sowing. Um, I really like broadcast seeding. Flowers for our pollinators, you can broadcast seed as well. Just go to town scattering those seeds. And some herbs as well, like parsley or cilantro. Um, they will be fine as well if you broadcast the seeds. So I know some sources do say anything with a small seed such as lettuces or carrots, they have those tiny little seeds. You can, you should just broadcast anything with a small seed to make life easier for yourself. However, I just personally don't like doing that with those because um, anything like that, they will need thinning later on. So I find it easier to precision plant and precision seed and intentionally space them at the time of sowing just so I don't have to go back later and then thin thin out all of those uh, like broadcast carrots as they're growing. So it's up to it's up to the gardener what works for them, but I find it much easier to just intentionally space some of my plants right at seeding so I don't have to go back from my broadcast seed patches and then thin out those germinating seeds. But Really, broadcast seeding is just so much easier and simpler if you're all about just wanting to cover an area. So once you've got your seeds planted, however you choose to do it, you just essentially want to keep your seeds moist, moist in the soil, and ensure the bed is kept moist until they start to germinate. So I love, uh, one of the other reasons I love planting directly into the garden is because those beds do tend to retain moisture way better than pots indoors so it is just a lot easier to um, the watering schedule isn't so you don't have to be so on top of that yes you need to keep an eye you need to make sure your seeds are moist but I'm not watering on a necessarily set schedule or necessarily even every day because the ground just retains that moisture so much better 
than those indoor pots can. Also bear in mind seedlings uh, have delicate little roots. So you may, while your seeds are germinating and until they grow and establish stronger roots, you may want to just fence off or block off seedling beds from small children, dogs, cats, anything like that, that will, that will end up walking in there and could end up taking a curious look at your seedlings and they just come out really easily. So you just want to be mindful of that. Some things to consider as well with direct sowing is weed competition. So you will have to um, work on pulling weeds, anything you don't want growing in that bed. You will have to pull them because they are going to compete with your plants for nutrients, for water. So we do believe here we pull any weeds we do, do not want in our gardens by hand. So really as well, we don't uh, necessarily go around getting rid of every weed. But in our beds where we are growing crops, yes, we will pull weeds out because we don't want that competition from the weed. But there's definitely patches of our yard and lawn where weeds are permitted to be and are allowed to grow. But uh, do not spray your weeds, if, particularly if you're growing for food. So pull your weeds just to make sure they aren't competing with that vital space with your veggies. And also, um, just although I said with precision seeding, you can be intentional with spacing, just bear in mind it's a little bit harder when you're not just transplanting those indoor greenhouse started plants. So if you decide to direct sow and you use precision seeding, even though you're picking your space when you're laying down each seed, even when they grow, you may need to go back and do a thin. If you notice once they germinate and start to grow, they are too close to each other. You might have to go back and thin those out again. So last thing as well, just as a life pro tip, remember to label your beds or rows or however you plant your containers. I am very guilty of uh, not doing this. And sometimes until those plants get established, we have mystery gardens. So Remember to go back and label your beds, rows, containers. Make your labels today while you remember. There, there's your life pro tip for gardening today. Okay, that is all for today. Thank you for joining me for this quick run through of direct sowing. Happy growing season out there. It is the time to get out in our gardens or on our balconies. Thank you so much for listening again. You can find... Uh, me at the northern grower podcast at gmail.com if you ever want to email um, I am on Instagram at the underscore northern underscore grower and you can also find our uh, homestead grown seeds at greenwitchseed.ca thank you so much again have a great growing season Goodbye.